Leaning visa, put her to the test. Leaning visa, so get it off your chest. It's more than just a trend, cause everyone's her friend. So lean in with Lisa, spend your time with Lisa. Lisa's got something to say. So reach out to Lisa every day. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for leaning in with me today. I am so excited to have this amazing person on my show. You may all know her as one of the industry's most famous scream queens. She's been in the movie Popcorn, DC Cab, Phantom of the Opera playing the role of Christine and the stepfather, and many more. She's also my friend. She is Jill Sholin. So reach out to Lisa every day. It's Women's History Month. This is an amazing month for women. And to start the month, I have someone on my podcast who is extra special. She is an actress. She is a producer. Let's see. You've seen her in a lot of a lot of movies. You've seen her in Popcorn. You've seen her in Stepfather. You've seen her in Thunder Alley and many other movies. And she is my friend. And her name is Jill Sholin. Hello, Jilly. Hi, Lisa. How are you? How are you? Oh, my God. I'm so happy to be here. And I love you so much. And I'm thrilled you you're doing this. And you're podcasting, and I don't know if your audience knows, but you are an incredible actress. So it's my honor and privilege to be here. I didn't even pay you to say that, but thank you. <laughs> it's true. The truth is so easy. Thank you. Thank. Well, you you actually taught me well. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> you, taught me well. you know when you taught me well? I'll tell you when. Back in 1989. When I saw you in the show we did together and you, we did a show together, Pepper Street, the musical, and you played the role of spirit. And it was not only was it a, the long, I think it's one of the longest running musicals in Los Angeles history, but we had a star studded audience, didn't we? Uh, We often did. Yes, we did. Now, which one are you talking about? Well, I'm, I'm talking about not well, the one at the, I think it was the one at the Venture Theater. Yeah. But I'll never forget the night that I think Sean Penn came. Mm-hmm. And I know Madonna came to see the show. Mm-hmm. They were they, married at the time. They were married at the time, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't date Sean. Well, he was married. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I did not date him. All right. Oh, with you him. did. Wait a minute. But Brad came. When you date, were you dating Brad Pitt at the time? Yes, I think I was. Yeah, we were together then. You yeah. were together, yeah. and everyone. And I'll never forget. We were backstage getting ready, and someone came into the dressing room, and I don't remember. I think it was maybe Ivan Mark Rutherford, who was Mark Rutherford at the time. Now he's Ivan, yeah. Yeah. and I think he whispered. He opened the door, and we were all in our bra and panties and he said <laughs> Brad Pitt is in the audience and I I said who needs to get dressed <laughs> that's too funny and, and me and Kim Foley and Kelly Gerald and who Heather and we're all like oh my god he's in the I don't know who I was more excited about Brad or Madonna Oh, that's so funny. I I remember that night and I was, I was so, I don't know, thrilled. I was working with Sean at the time. He really wanted to get into directing in film. He had never directed anything. So he wrote this uh, show called The Kindness of Women. And it was a three character show. And, um, I was doing that with him at the time and I'll never forget because I just, I have to tell this is totally off, but I love this. I want to hear No, I love your, I love, you know what, Jill, fuck my questions. I just love talking to you. We could just banter for three hours. Go ahead. Okay. Good, good, good. Um, but I just love the story and it, I never have the opportunity to talk about it ever. I mean, why would I, but 
Now you do. It's not film, right? It's not film. People don't think of myself working with Sean, but I've worked with him twice. Right. Hurley um, Burley. I worked with him later in Hurley Burley on stage, but this, he was direct, he wrote and directed. It was called The Kindness of Women. And I'll never forget three characters in the show. And uh, he saw me at Dantana's one night at 12 midnight having dinner. I saw him from across the room because I had been dating earlier somebody else, a friend of his, Emilio. And Emilio so, Estevez. Yeah. And so we kind of, you know, passed, you know, our paths crossed a couple of times. But we weren't friends. We were friendly when we saw each other. But so anyway, he saw me at Dantana's at like midnight. By 10 o'clock the next morning, I got this phone call from my agents and they said, Sean Penn would like to talk to you about being in something, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I got cast in this show that he wrote and directed. And at the dress rehearsal, he said, he came backstage and he said, is it all right, um, you guys, if I have two friends watching, I just want to get a little feedback, would it be all right? And we're like, okay whatever and the other two characters are on stage most of the time I never had a chance to talk to them and finally I come out for my role and sitting there in this theater two people front row John Cassavetes and Peter Bogdanovich oh god oh my god of all people <laughs> yeah did you did you, did you like freeze i mean did like no did you i don't i don't freeze i don't think i freeze anyway but going back to madonna was a couple weeks later when sean and madonna came to the show and i didn't freeze i pushed and i remember in that first scene where the girl commits suicide and i'm singing mm -hmm. my emotional state probably half of it nerves because like mm -hmm. So huge at the time, you know. I remember when I sang because the girl's upset. I mean, she is committing suicide, and it's very serious moment. Mm -hmm. And I blew out my voice. You know how you can be at a baseball game and yell, and I was like, "Oh, oh my god!" Mm -hmm. You can barely mm -hmm. talk for a second. Yeah, yeah, of course. Ten songs to sing the rest of the night. Oh shit! Blew out my voice, and I was—I'll never. That was one of the most disappointing things, because I wanted to be. Yeah, but no one knew but you, Jill. No one knew but you because you—you you were spot on every performance. Oh, thank you. Anything Lisa. you ever did, Jill. Anything you ever did, and you, you know it's so funny because. You and I, we weren't close friends back then, but we, cause we didn't do the show, all the shows together because they, were, they had other actors that had to substitute because it was such a, your role was so physical. So they had to, you know, bring someone else in every now and again, but we became closer much, I think later, later yeah. on. Right. Yes, yeah. But I remember you very well in the show. Of course I do. And I loved you in that part. And of course, oh, the girl that played it before you, too. The two of you were like thank spot you. on. But, you know, Lisa, some people, some actors, they just have the kind of energy. And I think it's, well, some it's just with acting. But oftentimes, it's a personality. A type yeah. of person that's like, okay, I'm here. I'm showing up. Yeah. If I'm if I'm gonna sit at the table, I'm gonna do the full thing. I'm that's gonna it. be here. I'm not gonna. I mean, if you're gonna take a swimming, you don't go in at your ankles. I'm all in, baby. I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's true. So, but what made you get into acting? Like, what 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 was it that inspired you to be an actress? Because you started well, young. You were young when you started. I was. I think I got my agent when I was 15. I got my agent because of singing. Right. But they're, always, they're just looking for talent when you're young. But an agent saw me sing and play my guitar, which most people don't know I play. But because um, I rarely play it anymore. But once you know how, you all can always play. You just mm. play poorly later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but anyway, an agent saw me and, you know, and. Probably I was maybe around 16 when I actually started working. 
did commercials, singing, dancing mm-hmm. commercials. Um, the first one I remember so clearly was a um, Pizza Hut. I put the pan pizza in the pan at Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you remember it? I do. Isn't that we did it a thousand times? I basically wanted to jump off a bridge. We did. I, know, I believe it. So I mean, it was like, how do you, you already have it? Okay, now you have it again. Yeah. Right, now you have it again. Yeah. We must have done it hundreds of times. At least. Did you like the? Did you like? Did you have to eat the pizza? I think I did. That part of it, I don't remember too much. It was like in the restaurant, the Pizza Hut, and the right. Because I didn't wait. like Pizza Hut pizza. Pizza Hut pizza tasted very cardboardy to me. Like whenever we would go on a road trip, my me and my family, we would. My mom would go, "Oh, there's a Pizza Hut," and we would stop in, and I'm like, "Oh, do I really have to eat this?" But no, if, I mean, you know, because it was always so like something. It was tasted yeah. cardboard. Yeah. I'm from I'm from Brooklyn, so I got the real deal in Brooklyn. You got the real deal. So you real got deal. to find the dough that. After a day, you probably have to throw up because it's fresh, but fresh. it is possible. Sorry, Pizza Hut, but it is possible that, you know, they use preservatives in there. So they're oh, without a doubt, you know, so it's going to be a little uh, cardboardy. Cardboard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but the, the, the weird thing is, is that, you know, you just recently got back into the business and I'm wondering why, because you, you, I mean, there aren't a lot of roles right now for women. Our, oh, welcome to the club, by the way. The club. What's the club? Oh, is that, is it the, the club, club. Right that you're talking about? Is that have something to do with a number? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Unspoken thing. <laughs> so here you are now still beautiful and you are now in the same club as I'm in. And mm-hmm. here we are, women mm-hmm. who want to, you know, because listen, I, 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 it, it's so hard to, to go out for some of these. I, my agent sent me out on a roll, 55 to 65, and I'm sitting there waiting to go in with women that look like Judy Dench. Oh, very interesting. That's- and, I'm, and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, do I belong here? Because all these women, like a lot of them had short hair, gray hair. So now I'm thinking maybe I should dye my hair gray and cut it because the casting director said to me, what are you doing here? Which was kind of a compliment, but I said, I'm here for the audition. And he said, well, uh, sorry, but I don't think you're right for the role. Very but I can't, but I but can't that- go up against 40 year olds. I'm not going out at 45 year olds. Well, so- let me ask you this. I'm very yeah. curious about this. Go ahead. Were the people involved men or women? The people, the you mean the the, the casting director? Casting director. It was a man. Okay. A man. Sometimes that I'm not that man. Obviously, could tell the difference, but I think sometimes I don't know. Sorry, men, but I do think you know people have uh, visions in their mind of what an age looks like. The truth of the matter is, and I'm just going to look directly in the camera. It's just a number. Just a fucking <laughs> number, people. That's all it is. Just a number. And, you know, I mean, it, it's interesting. It's interesting as women, you, what, what month did you say it's women's history month? Is that what you said? March is, March is women's history month. Okay, fantastic. I love it. And, uh, you know, it's so funny because I think in my younger days, I didn't think much about that, which is strange because I had a mother so ahead of her time. You do. I know your mother. She was like way ahead of her time. Yes. In the 70s, yes. she mm-hmm. owned her own business. She was the president of her own business and the mm-hmm. men were in the back seat. And I got to hear the stories all the time about how if they were at a bank or that's my mom was a creative. She was a designer. Your mother designed, if anyone out there is into fashion, your mother was the, she created platinum. Mm-hmm. She was a, a clothing designer. She that's had right. her company, uh, the platinum clothing company, which was in all the better department stores. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember I had a couple of pieces in my closet. 
Yeah. And, um, but my mother would always, I would hear these stories as a little girl, because I was right there, you know, around the dinner table. And my mother would always say that the men in the room, she would be the only woman and the men would direct the conversation to the men, to the other men. And she's like, uh, excuse me, this is my company. I'm, you know, and so I, I had that as an example, mm -hmm. but I, I never really went there until I must be honest and say until these last couple of years, I've like gotten in touch with it. You know, being a woman at this age has helped me understand women better mm -hmm. and the plight of women and what we go through in life. So I think yeah. a lot of times when these casting kind of things and other things in life come up, um, a man can still get hired at a certain age in a job, but they might think twice about a woman. They'll put her, you know, in at the counter or something. Oh, know? I know. It's just, it's, it's very degrading. But I yeah. think luck, luckily times have changed and now, you know, we're, uh, so, you know. It's, it's. It treads, Lisa. I think that's my opinion. yeah. It, it does, and 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 I, I, I learned a very very valuable lesson: never tell your age and how old you are. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but they find out anyway. Like for me, you know, forever and a day on the internet. And I have no idea how it got on there. It said I was born in nineteen, like seventy two or something. I think. Somebody put it on there, assuming that's what it was. And but now it's out there. I can't hide it, so I, I don't fight it. I just go right into it. It's like, yep, this is how I am. Sixty-one, March twenty-one. Oh my God! Look at you, unbelievable, incredible. Yes. That's I very. Mean, I, I, you know, I mean, look, <laughs> you know, really. I mean, come on. It's so funny because I used to get hit hit on by 35-year-olds and now I get hit on by 85-year-olds um, <laughs> with missing teeth. Um, it's, oh, my God, please. But anyway, um, I just – so we have – Yes. We have a little special treat for you. We have curveballs. Hey! Hey, Ad. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adam, this is Adam. Lauren. This is Jill. Jill. Jill yes. Adam. Hi, Super Adam. I, I said earlier, DC Cat was actually one of the, the my the funniest movie I'd ever seen at the time when I was twelve years old. I saw it twice, and um, it's incredible to uh, to be uh, to meet you here, and because anyone involved in that, I saw it a thousand times. I could do a podcast just on DC Cat. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe yeah. I will. Maybe I'll start one now. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe we'll 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 talk about it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but for now, I I I, I help uh, Lisa and and give her guests some curveballs. Their questions they start out kind of normal, and then they might take a left turn. But so listen carefully, okay? Oh. oh so, ooh. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Okay. <laughs> so and I, I I've done my research on you, so that's how. You know, I came up with these. So, okay. um, gosh, number one, many of you, many know you as an '80s scream queen, but we all scream for ice cream. What's your favorite flavor? Oh gosh, that's such a lovely question. You know what? I think, like, I always liked um, Ben and Jerry's uh, Cherries Garcia. Cherries Garcia. Okay, so the fruit. The fruity flavors. So, have you okay. ever tasted? Have you ever tasted fish food? Jan yes, ben and Jerry's fish food. Delicious. It's so sweet, though. I think it's sweeter yeah. than Cherry's Garcia. Oh, oh, it's the sweetest thing. I've, I, I had pints of it during COVID. That's why I gained twenty pounds. <laughs> and I nineteen pounds. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Okay. Oh, All right. Great. You starred in 1989's Phantom of the Opera. Yes. A full decade, a full decade before the release of Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Who would you like to play in the Star Wars universe? Oh gosh. Oh no, that's t 
too good of a question, and there's too many answers. Okay. Have you watched all the spinoffs? Do you watch the Boba Fett or the... Um... No, I haven't watched all the spinoffs, but I was a huge Star Wars fan. I remember standing at the Apco Cinema in line for hours for um, The Empire Strikes Back. And what year was that? That was like 19... Okay, I was going to say I was in high school with my dad and my brother. I remember, and I thought that film was the greatest thing in in the universe no pun intended did you want to be in it did you want to be princess leia or maybe her sister maybe no, she had a sister. i don't think i wanted to be the sister but the role later Ooh, which you I, would have been a beautiful princess leia well yeah i would have loved it i didn't think about that back then i mean i was you know i was just just on the brink of Getting things into the, yeah yeah and and so but i later thought the other girl um the one that was the, in the ballet movie i'm i sound like oh natalie, natalie portman natalie portman yeah she played the mom oh you'd be the mother of leia and luke in yes the i thought and, i was uh, too old for it probably at that time but i thought that type of role would have been a lot of fun to play oh, you yeah. know but, you know, I will say this, the older I get and like, I, I hardly do any conventions, but the few I have and hearing so much from the fans, the fans in those movies, they really like the bad guys. Hmm. You know, they oh, really, yeah. I think it would be fun to yeah. play the bad guy, you know, Absolutely. to do that role and and also you can take it out, right? You like, it's like all bets are off, you know, in the acting, yeah. you can just, you know, yeah, they tear say, it yeah, apart, rip it down. <laughs> so did I answer that? Yeah, you would, yeah, you would, you would like to be the, the, the mother of Luke and Leia. That's, yes. that's oh, I, I, I'm going to redo that answer. I totally oh, yeah. erase, erase. <laughs> I would have liked to have been Luke Skywalker. You want to be Luke, okay? Well, you Ooh. well really they redid those in the latest ones with Ray. Ray was Ray, yeah, Ray. that Daisy, Daisy, yeah. uh, whatever I forgot her name. Daisy yeah, Ray, Daisy, Daisy Ridley, yeah. As a sixty-one-year-old and talking about how everything has changed with women in film and women in the world, and you know the consciousness about that, which is terrific, top-notch. Um, I always felt like I was ahead of my time when I was making movies because I did my own stunts. Only rarely would they step in and say, I'm sorry, you can't do this. It's too risky. But I liked my own stunts. I was very athletic. I danced. Um, so I was very capable. So when you see all this stuff now with the women and all the action stuff, that would have been my heyday. I would have loved it. All right, that. people. Okay, all you casting directors out there, Jill is ready to do her own stunts. Geriatrically. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. Okay. Next question. This is a this is a deep dive, but in 1993, I was actually a college senior at the University of Miami and lived through Hurricane Andrew. Meanwhile, you played Ruth Henderson in a TV movie, Triumph. Over Disaster, The Hurricane Andrew Story. Who is your favorite Andrew? Garfield, McCarthy, or Dice Clay? <laughs> Did you date any of them, Jill? No, I didn't. But could, could you put another one in there? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can fill in the blank of who is your favorite Andrew. Sure. Julie you Andrews. Know another Andrew? <laughs> Maybe yeah. Julie Andrews. No, I can't think. Oh, Andy okay. Garcia. How about an Andrew? Andy. Oh, Andrew Garcia. That's, that's my wife's favorite, Andy, actually. Oh, he's wonderful. Oh. Yeah. Oh, did you you had worked did you work oh, with I him? Love him. Do you no, know him? I have I got close. I mean, I think I was one of the few people that they brought in for Godfather Three okay. to play, but Sofia Coppola did it, right? Right. She yeah, she did. She had yeah. the inside check on that, I guess. I think she so, did. She might have been might have. <laughs> Don't worry. It was it was probably my least favorite of all the Godfather movies. Oh. Okay. 
Number four, you were in the beloved adventure fantasy Babes in Toyland with Drew Barrymore and Keanu something or other, I don't know. Um, what was your favorite toy growing up? My favorite toy? Oh, no. You know what? I did not play with dolls, and I really didn't play with toys. I was very um, tomboyish. And I would like to go outside. I did two things in the play world. I liked to play sports. And when I wasn't playing sports, I liked to sing, you know? So yeah, that was I, my toy. That was my toy, my voice. What sports, what sports did you play? I Well, at the time, I did whatever my brothers were doing because I had three brothers. So football, baseball, basketball. Yeah. I mean, were I you on any of the teams? Were you on the teams in, in school? Well, or? they didn't have girls sports back then. And I tried. I was like mm -hmm. one of those okay. girls where it was like tennis. I should be able to be on the team. I'm fast. I was faster than all the boys. You know, beat, you know, when they would, you remember the school ground races? You remember yeah. when they Yeah. 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 I was the fastest runner. This you had to do. Yeah. I beat the boys and. You know, I could play basketball with them, and it was only flag football. So, like, right. who did you sing? Who did you like to sing? Did you like to? Did you have a favorite singer that you wanted to emulate? Like, you know, mine was I loved Joni Mitchell, and I loved oh Carol God. King and Carly Simon. Those were my three. Well, gosh, Lisa, that's such a great question. I would probably say Linda Ronstadt. Was oh, my God, yes. Love, love, love. I loved love, Linda love. Ronstadt, but I also loved, you know, another, people don't, I think of her more as a writer, but she's a singer too, and Linda sang some of her songs, Carla Bonoff. Oh, beautiful, yeah. You remember Carla Bonoff? Oh, of course, of course. I also, I am convinced, okay, with the one thing I was ahead of my time, in this way, I feel I was born too late. You know, Ella Fitzgerald, Judy Garland, I just couldn't get enough of that Me type too. of music. Yeah. I, I named my daughter Ella. Oh, because of Ella Fitzgerald? Partially because of Ella. Oh. And I named my other daughter Sarah. Sarah Vaughn. Sarah Vaughn, of course. I was almost going to say Sarah Vaughn. I thought, oh, just keep mm -hmm. it short. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, you, you can go long here and they don't. Uh, okay. Uh, finally, this this is this is less of a curveball and more of a request. But I'm writing a sequel to DC Cab called DC Lift, and I just want to know if you would reprise your role of Claudette. Well, that's a pointed question. I how am I supposed to say no? <laughs> You see, after DC Cab ended, you know, you and Albert have gotten together. And uh, unfortunately, you see your mother moved in with you. And then soon after um, she was she was she died in a in a um, flamethrower accident. Um, Albert was suspected. And then you have to take over the company, the, the, the whole cab company and Something like that. Yeah, you know, I'm working on it. You know. Are you writing this, Adam? Because you need to, to automatically now, right now on the yeah, air. In my hair. In my head. I, just, in the I need some. I need some talent commitments first. I got a lot going on. But uh, and I have found out. You know, this was inspiring because again, one of the one of my favorite movies. It was it is com comically inspired. Whoever played Tyrone was fan. He was the funniest Char thing I'd ever Char seen. I know it, he was Charlie Barnett, and I I have to say because. You know, DC Cab was my first film. I was 18 or 19 when I got the film. And I, we had shot on the Universal Backlot. And then we were going on location to DC. And I remember I was out shopping. There's no cell phones back then. I had gone out spending the day shopping. And I come home. I lived at home. And my mother said, they're trying to find you. Those people, everyone's looking for you, Joe. You've been gone all day. I'm like, enjoying the day. They need you. They're a day early. They need you on the red eye tonight. And so I, I'll never forget. I, I arrived on location. They took me straight to the set. It was like, you know, an over 24 hour day I ended up having, but in close contact with all these actors, most of them were comedians. Charlie Barnett, who's no longer on the planet to my understanding. He played Tyrone, and he was so funny. But Joel 
He hired all these comedians and he sat back. He was just like, I'm going to get the movie I want if I let them. And that was my first experience on set. I thought this is what movie making is. And as it turns out, it wasn't what movie making is. But I mean, these guys were wild. I mean, these comedians have a lot of energy. Oh, God. But you know what? Yeah. Off stage, off stage, they don't. Very different. Sometimes they can be very, very quiet. I think these Very quiet. Jim Carrey's very quiet off stage. I had dinner once at a dinner party. I was with him, and he was extremely... Him and uh, uh, um, Nicholas Cage were together. They were best friends. And, and uh, Nicholas talked more than, more than Jim Carrey. Wow. It was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. My very first job I ever did, I started opposite Nick Cage. Oh. With Nick Cage? Yeah. Wait a minute. Which job? It was um it was a a TV pilot. So you and dated him too, right? No, but we were good friends at that time, you know, for that little time. It was myself, it was my first job. Another actor you probably have heard of named Crispin Glover. It was his first job. You dated Crispin, didn't you? No, I didn't. We were full friends. Okay. And Nick, Nick, who was Nick, he at the time, if you watch it, it says, I think it says Nicholas Coppola or Nick Coppola. Oh, right. He's Francis Coppola. Right, right. He's his so nephew, cool. right? Yeah. Yeah. So he changed his name. Yeah. First job, all of us together. Isn't that funny? What a great group. I know. There were other actors. None of them were known except one girl who was, uh, her name was Julie Pikarski, I think was her name. And she had been on the Facts of Life. She was like on the first season. Season one, the blonde chick, yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. Adam, Adam does his homework. It, it, he's that's well, what he's I, 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 all I did was watch TV. I was like the cable guy, Jim Carrey. I learned the facts of life by watching the facts of life. I, I was like, I watch as much TV as that, you know, so I know a lot of the, the names. And when cable, you know, early cable television in the 80s, it was Superman 2, to be or not to be. And DC Cat, once that came out, was just on constantly. So I watched that over and over. And um, yeah, it truly was one of them. Adam was very excited when I told him you were coming on the podcast. Excited, yeah. He was Aww. very and, and, and Alan and Alan, my producer, he was also well, we'll get to Alan after Adam. Adam, do you have any more questions for any curveballs anymore? No, that was that was all you paid me for. Five. And by the oh. way, now we lost our Pizza Hut sponsorship. So great. Uh, all right. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. We love you. Julie, you were so Julie, you were so what was Brad like in bed? Oh, God, you think I'm going to talk about that? <laughs> I thought I would get it out of you, at, at least on my podcast. No, I, you might get it out of me over dinner. <laughs> All right, we'll go to dinner. I'm making reservations. I'm, I'm, where's my phone? I'm calling. Where do you want to eat? I'm making reservations. I'm calling Dan Tanis. Any booth you want on me, dinner. And I want to know how Keanu was also. Oh my because, God, you're killing me, Lee. And you I also, have, I don't talk about this because we're friends. We get to laugh about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll find out. I'll find out everything at dinner. Well, you know, you're not supposed to kiss and tell. Isn't that? But you can tell me because, you you know, you and I have a lot in common. I dated a lot of celebrities and, yes. and people too. So I'll tell you if you tell me. I like Ooh. this. That'll be a Ooh. fun dinner. Well, that be fun? That should be a that should be our own little podcast together. We could even do like a little reality show, all the men we slept with. <laughs> Actually, I, I would no, for me it would be all the men I didn't sleep with. Because I did I, I slept with less than I did sleep. I slept with I went out with them, but I didn't sleep with all of them. I've gone out on like one date with with many like Bill Maher. Oh, you did. He oh yeah, I we went out. On, we went out on one day. We went out on one day. The day he got politically incorrect on HBO, and so and he we he talked about himself for two hours. And I said, I have to go feed my cat. Oh my gosh, you're killing! He, we used to be friends. I would go to all of his shows. He'd say, "Come on, Jill, call him. 
he'd call me and like, can you come to this? And because he was performing all the time. All the time and, at the comedy. Remember when he was at the improv? Yes. I used to go there all the time because he would invite me. And then I did that show with another show with him, a short-lived TV show. Which one? Sarah. Gina Davis. Oh, you did that show? Yeah, I did one, um, the main guest star role where I played uh, Gina Davis's little cousin who comes oh. to visit. Yeah, I didn't so know I that. got to work with Bill twice, which is so strange because people, most people only know him the other way. No, he was, he, I remember when he first started out, he was just, you know, just a stand-up comic that everybody, like he was like everyone else doing all those, you know, open mic nights and everything. And he had, you know, yeah, you got to start somewhere. And he was funny though. Oh, he I was brilliant. He was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he came, I was sitting at the improv and he was sitting there on, he was on stage and then he sat at the table next to us and he, uh, I, I thought, wow, I love his brain. Yes. Yes. I mean, I mean it's not was, by accident that he's gone where he's gone for a long time now, decades now he's been doing that. But yeah, he's a smart guy, you know, smart brilliant. Guy. Yeah. So you were part, but weren't you part of that brat packy kind of group a so. little bit? I think from the outside world that anybody that was working or anybody that had any association with a few of those key people, but I mean, they were good friends. I remember when Rob Lowe, Ali Sheedy, all those. Yeah. And they were all good friends. I mean, I was, do you remember Joe Tremaine, the dance teacher? Did, no. did you, were you into, okay. So. No, cause I'm from New York. So I came out here probably after that. Do you remember, um, uh, the actress, she's a friend of mine, Kari Michelson. She was on Give Me a Break. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who she is. Yeah. 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 I don't know her personally, but I know who she is. Yeah. So Kari and myself and Melissa Gilbert, we were all in dance class together at Joe Tremaine Studio uh. in Studio City. And and I worked with Melissa on Little House. And anyway, she was dating. Then, you know, when I went out with, Emilio for two and a half seconds, she, you know, in between his breakups <laughs> with his girlfriend at the time, um, she was dating Rob and they, they really were much more. I mean, all those boys grew up in Malibu together. Mm -hmm. And then at the time, I don't know what their friendship is like now, but um, Tom Cruise and Emilio, they were besties. Best, best, besties, best friends, because he was around and quite a bit. And uh, when to write a book about you, you, you really have to write a book, Jill. Well, I am writing a book. It's almost done. I've been talking about it for years, but I'm so slow getting it done. But it's not a tell-all. It's oh, not you need to write a tell-all. You have no, to write a tell-all. It'll be number one on the bestseller list. <laughs> I mean, things. Oh, maybe I'll write a tell-all in the book. Okay. Things come out in the book. I mean, I talk mm -hmm. about things. That's what I mean. Um, but okay, the, but I want to ask you something. Yeah, I want you wait, Adam, Alan. This is very special because it's not every day we get Jill Sholin on the on the show. So everyone smile. Cheese. <laughs> Great. Okay, now go for it. Go for it, Alan. Okay. All right, we got just a couple, a few quick ones here. Uh, this first one's from Jan in West Hills who said you've experienced both. So which is scarier, a killer on the loose in a high school or in a movie theater? Oh, wait, I've experienced. Oh, oh, in the movies. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, a killer in the high school or a killer in the movie theater. I'm going to say the killer in the movie theater, close proximity to die. Yeah, you're <laughs> The schools, if you're at a big school, you have more room to hide, I guess. You're right. Yeah. Uh, we have one here from, this is from Greg in Glendale, asked, which is better, DC Cab the movie or DC Cab the soundtrack, which is also fantastic. Oh, that's a great soundtrack. Oh, that is a good question. I think longstanding, probably if you had to judge them, the soundtrack has more merit for lasting a long time. 
They're both great. They both lasted Sorry. with me. Yep, that, I love them Adam. both. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I know. I could see Adam in the in the backstage here. He's shaking his head. No, easy cab. That's great. Uh, I got to see it in the theater. Actually, I'm young. I was not alive when it came out, but I saw it at the New Beverly Theater a while back. Oh, it was amazing. oh that's great! That's very cool on the big Thanks. screen, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, showing it there. Uh, last one we have here in the emails: Dale in Culver City uh, asking about the movie Popcorn. Said you famously joined the cast late in the game in on Popcorn, uh, considering the crazy story of the film shooting it in Jamaica and things coming together for you so quickly. Was it the most stressful or bizarre thing you've ever done? Neither. No. I'm so sorry. Who asked the question? What is their name? Uh, Dale in uh, Culver City. Dale. I wish I could give you like a fancy smanchy answer about that, but it was neither for me because um, I came in last minute onto the film and I, the cast, they didn't know what the rest of the cast, you know, I was brought in and they, I was very, a little separate from everybody, a little bit, you know, and, and I just came in, did my work, went back to the, my hotel room. I have a friend on the film and he wasn't my friend at the time, but years later we became friends. And I always get shy and embarrassed when he says, Jill had nothing to do with us. <laughs> <laughs> But I came in so last minute, you know, so I I heard about the chaos later. But in the moment, I think people were just stunned. I mean, most yeah. movies don't change the leading yeah. actor and the director after they've shot half of the film. Unusual. But I wasn't part of the unusualness because I was only the part of the fixing of it. Really? <laughs> Julie, yeah. I just want to tell you how how unbelievably grateful I am to have you with me. This is so special, and I want to thank you so much for being with us and and having fun and being you and and just shooting the shit with me. And I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> and we have a reservation at Dan Tanner's for next Friday night. So I could hear about Brad and Keon. Yeah. <laughs> I got to know. Yeah, I have to laugh because I'm so shy. <laughs> I got, I, I'll get it out of you. Don't worry. <laughs> Have a little chicken parmesan, a couple glass, two glasses of wine. <laughs> and who knows who will run into. Oh, by the way, congratulations on your engagement. Thank you. So dating all these actors led you to, isn't it interesting? You and I had so much, so we dated all these, some of these, you know, famous people. And now we have these normal, nice, menschy men. I know. I love it. I was just talking about this last night because I realized, and I, I hope it's okay just to shoot the shit telling the truth. Of course. Nothing against anybody, you know, anybody I've ever dated but when somebody isn't, but, you know, when you say, but it just discounts everything you just said, because the truth is what you say after the, but, so here's the right. truth, you know, when you, um, date certain people and people are part of your life, um, a lot of times it's about them. You know, we, I think, especially as a, as a woman, you, we sometimes are inclined maybe genetically, biologically, I don't know, to, to kind of take a back seat. And what I love Definitely. about being with my fiance is that there's no competition for who is in the career, blah, blah, blah. I, I will say, I, I'm not a jealous type person. I never have been like that, you know, with women. I'm just That's just not mm -hmm. been my thing. Mm -hmm. But I have felt that emotion. And when I felt it is watching both of these men. First, I saw it with Keanu. Then I saw it with Brad. And they had movies lined up. Their careers were going to be taken care of because right. of who they were with. 
it was like, I'm very sorry to say this, you know, but it's not like a lot of actors who earn mm -hmm. you know, on the early side of their careers, you know, obviously mm -hmm. they earn mm -hmm. their careers now they have earned their careers now. Yes. But back then it was like starting out Mo who's young and adorable, who blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. those, both those boys just coincidentally at that time, coincidentally for me that I dated, you know, had relationships with both of them, you know, I watched their careers take off, but not because they did something that made them who that's what it looks like on the outside. Mm -hmm. But all the internal workings were already set for them to become who they became. <laughs> I think it's hard for make that yeah. decision. And, and when you look at all the people out there in Hollywood who are, to, you know, married, you know, th there are very few that are both in the industry who where it really lasts. I mean, it's because unless you really, like, how many Kira Sedgwick's and Kevin Bacon's are there? How many, you know, it's, it must be hard. So I think it, it kind of evens out when you're in the industry and you're with someone who's not in the industry and then you kind of, you're not competing, like you said. You know, it's so nice. I mean, you know what I'm doing right now, one of my projects, and it's very demanding. The writing is very, very demanding. And um, he he gives me the room that I need, you know, to you, do what I need to do. Oh, no, I know, because I'm, I'm is this the project that I, that I yeah. yes. worked on with you a little bit? Uh-huh, that you okay. came to. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, and, yes, yes. Uh, yep, and yep, I yep. met him, and he's very lovely. And I met yep. him, and he was very sweet. And um, unlike a lot of the people you've dated in the past, because I know a few of them, and this this man is there's something different in a that I in a really positive way. Well, he loves me. That's the first thing. He treats you like you deserve to yeah. be treated. He treats me wonderfully, and I and, and I just have to say this. You know, because everything is a public record. I'm not giving, I, I love everything about Keanu's career. And I love everything about Brad's career. I'm just saying that there was a mechanism set in place for them be, early on in their mm -hmm. careers. And they yeah, no, I get it. I get it. catch up to earn, to earn oh, it. Oh, sure. But they did. They both, you know, I like to think that's why I was attracted to them. They both did have that thing, you know. It you thing. They had that it, yes. Yeah, James Mason in uh, A Star is Born with Judy Garland, when he talks about, you know, that thing that you can't put your finger on. Yes. You know, uh, they both had that. For me, especially Keanu. Yes, oh, he definitely. Had a, a quality, a beautiful, um, internal, mysterious quality to him that... I think translated on the screen often. I, I, I think he still has it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he still yeah. has it. So as we leave and say goodbye, what oh, is yes. your goodbye? Now that it's, it's 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 National Women's Month. Okay. Yeah. This is Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. As we say goodbye, what advice would you give to young women out there? The advice that I would like to give to young women is you are beautiful. You are gorgeous as you are. You're beautiful. And you don't need to change or wear a type of sexy clothes. I, I This is probably coming out all wrong to in any way compromise yourself because there's nothing more that you need to do other than be you. Because the men and people out there that are, would are if they're going to judge you on a certain level, you really don't want them anyway. Trust me, you don't want them. Stay true to yourself. Be the empowered person that you are and listen to your intuition it is almost never wrong in fact i would like to say it's always right intuition not fear but intuition and just remember the beautiful 
stunning, striking, brilliant, beautiful creature, feminine beauty you are. That's beautiful. And I want to also mention that, you know, I want to thank Jean and Tony Bua for bringing us together when we yes. did the show Pepper Street back in the in the late 80s, because if it weren't for them, you and I never would have met. So, um, and uh, and one of the other things I just wanted to mention is, you know, you and I had a very dear friend who we lost, Richard Hatch. Yes. Uh, the actor Richard Hatch, who uh, said, uh, I remember I, I used to go with him to lunch uh, at Aroma Cafe, and he would say to me, don't wait for people to come to you. You have to create your own projects, do your own stuff so you can show the world your talent. And I love that you're now working on this project and that we're going to, that you're going to bring to to the world. (laughs) And I can't wait because I'm on this journey with you and it's going to be a lot. Yes, you are. And Richard, I love that about Richard, that he was that way. And the truth of the matter is, you know, Suzanne Snyder. Sure. Yeah. And Suzanne and I talk about it all the time about how we were having conversations back in the 80s about that. But as women, hello, women, it's like the thoughts were there, but none of the mechanisms were in place. And we have done some things back then and we didn't but we didn't we have the thoughts to do it and that's why hats off to all these extraordinary women that created the way for everybody else to say yeah man i can't do it i can i can we can do it we can do it and i love you and i love you and i'll see you next week at dan tannis Thank you. Bye. I want to thank my guest, Jill Sholand, for leaning in with me today. And I also want to thank my producers, Alan Tuzinski and Melissa Leonard from Pretty Easy Podcast, my writer, Adam Labarkin, and my composer, Jeff Urban. And I want to thank all of you for leaning in with me today. And until next time, leaning out. Lean in, Lisa, put her to the test. Lean in, Lisa, so get off your chest. It's more than just a trend, cause everyone's her friend. So lean in with Lisa, spend your time with Lisa. Lisa's got something to say. So reach out to Lisa every day.